0: Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Frankie 411 podcast. I'm your host Haley Overseth. My guest today is Sarah Hussein from Segway of Mind. Sarah specializes in transcendental meditation and spiritual readings to assist people in connecting more deeply with their true self. I had a really great conversation with Sarah. I'm so grateful for her joining us for this interview. I do hope that you will enjoy. I really did enjoy this conversation with Sarah. So today we have with us Sarah Hussein, and she is from Segway of Mind, and she also produces her own podcast, SOM Talks Podcast. Sarah, hello! Thank you very much for being with me today.
1: Thank you for having me, Haley.
0: Um, so I do want to see if you could just sort of introduce yourself a little bit to the audience. Tell us what it is that you do with uh, Segway of Mind, your website, and your podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can introduce myself. Uh, so. What I do with Psalm is that Psalm is a spiritual consultancy as well as transcendental meditation focused company. So the spiritual consultancy is done primarily by me and the transcendental meditation teaching is also done by me. And now I have a few members on board who I'm teaching the TM practices so that they can do it independently themselves as well. So the focus of Psalm is essentially empowering ourselves through the process of TM, which is a transcendental meditation that helps us access deeper levels of, of our consciousness and get us connected to our own spiritual light like our own divine path sure and another component of transcendental meditation which sometimes goes quite unnoticed is that it helps in subconscious mind programming and subconscious mind programming is essentially the code in our brain
0: right like your com- your brain's a computer and you gotta program and code it the way that you want it to operate
1: mm-hmm. it's that code on which we operate and if we have a different code the operation is different and our reality is a reflection of our programming it
0: mm-hmm. is a
1: reflection of how we view things how we perceive things a lot of the times when I'm doing a spiritual consultancy and people come in, it is a lot about detaching themselves of beliefs and traumas and memories that are in their consciousness, awake and active, which are right. keeping them from acquiring the right beliefs and the right programming in order to change their life. Mm-hmm. So it's like a three step process. So they come in, the first thing we do is release those attachments, release the trauma, release the programming that has not been serving them right and that has been giving them their reality so far. Then the second step is to introduce the new programming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So an understanding of self, a new programming. And this part of the process is facilitated by the spiritual guidance that people experience when they're in that deeper level of their consciousness. A lot of the times that a spiritual guidance comes in as visions, as clarity, as intuition. So it's not me telling people that, hey, you know, you got to be brave in order to follow right. your dreams. It is them understanding that this is something that they have to embody because of the messages that is that are coming through. And it's a very natural process of embodying your true self. So as, as soon as you start letting go of the things which are holding you back, you start to step into your true self, which is a very easy and a natural process, just needs a little bit of guidance. And that is why I'm there. To help them through the journey. And the third part is that when they have reached the state of their true self, then they are able to see their path clearly. So, whatever is needed to follow that path, whatever is needed to really empower themselves through that resourcefulness of the spiritual connection that they have in the true self. Mm -hmm. So, the true self, you know, as I mentioned, it gets messages and intuitive hits and it gets a lot of knowledge through those transcendental meditation. Um, segments like when they have actually access their deeper consciousness, there's a lot of information coming in. So the third part of establishing that connection, understanding what is coming in and being able to follow the path.
0: I really love that. And I do. uh, I think that the word that you hit on that that really is for me, the big thing is the empowerment angle that that this is to empower people to help themselves to Mm -hmm. be following their highest path. And the thing that I know that sometimes you know we can get a little caught up in the idea of like oh a mission or what you're meant to do and that somehow that's something that might be against what you might like but it's you know it's not whatever is your your mission or your purpose or the thing that is the best for you to do is also going to be the thing that you enjoy the most and we do have a lot of programming that tells us to deny that of ourselves because we have you know other obligations other responsibilities to to society and what have you so I really do mm-hmm. love that I really do think That the whole process is great, and you did give me a reading, which was really great. I did really enjoy that, and I do think it's so helpful to have to have the replacement ideas that you provide. You know, the idea Mm -hmm. of it's one thing to know the thing you need to release, but you also need Mm -hmm. to have tools of what do you replace that old programming with, so Mm -hmm. that you're programming in a new, more helpful. I- ideas and self-talk, you know, that is mm-hmm. a really huge part of it. Absolutely. I love that. So can you tell A-G-L-A. us just a little bit about yourself and how how did you like what was your path into doing this? How did you come because it seems like you have a, a really very uh intricate understanding of a lot of these things in terms of, you know, a connection to the higher self or your true self? Um, mm-hmm. a lot of knowledge about the the processes that that help people to get there so so how did you start and get into this yourself personally
1: yeah I would I would love to dive in there, there's something that is popping up in my mind and that is when you were talking about your experience and you said mm-hmm. that um, you know there's some there is some knowledge of how to replace the old programming mm-hmm. perhaps people may be wondering that what does that mean <laughs> Like when somebody's, you know, so I just want to give a little bit of detail on that. So when we are releasing attachments that are not serving us, it could be a trauma from childhood. It could be an incident that you went through in when you were 21 years old. It could really be anything which has had an impact on you. Mm -hmm. And it is quite underlying. It's not something that you're always consciously thinking about, but when you do think about it's going to bring up some emotions.
0: Right. Something very deeply ingrained that, that. Exactly, You get triggered exactly. and you don't even know it until you have been triggered sometimes of, oh, yeah, this is, yeah. And, and you don't necessarily know where it's coming from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And trigger is a key word because, you know, when something is affecting us, that means that it has the power to trigger us. Mm-hmm. And when we're releasing those things, what starts to happen that the trigger component disappears. Now you're no longer triggered. And another thing is that when people have these memories and traumas awake in their consciousness, they are so conditioned to live with it that they don't even know what it feels like to live without it.
0: That right. is their normal. That yeah, is a very normal. big thing. And and how do you create a new normal if you can't kind of figure out what that nor- that new thing that you would prefer necessarily mm-hmm. feels like? So, you know, I yeah. think that is a big challenge for people. How do I find that emotion that I would prefer when I am so conditioned to feel Mm -hmm. this emotion that I do not prefer.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. So the readings are quite of an awakening process. Because you pretty much, you know, what it, what I experience is that everything comes to the surface. So it's like A, B, C, and D. These things have been bogging you down. Mm-hmm. And when the person realizes that, they go like, oh, yeah, you know, this, this, this is true. I've been upset about it. Or this has right. been hurting me. Or, yeah, I do feel that because of this incident, I haven't had the confidence to move forward. I've been having low self-esteem. So things surface and are very direct <laughs> in that reading. And there's really no shying away. Because here you're, you know, we're doing some important concrete work and the consciousness doesn't lie. The consciousness is very open and the consciousness is accurate. So it tells you exactly what's there that's holding you back. So when I'm reading people's consciousness, oftentimes, you know, it's, it's usually I get just like confirmation just by seeing their reactions because they're so emotional about the things that I mentioned. Right. Right. And so the the replacing part, the new programming that comes f- for each and everybody is specifically dependent on their soul path. So when I was reading you, right, I think I I mentioned butterfly like five times.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do. I it's funny because I do see butterflies all the time. And like I was walking my dog and I had to stop you know, walking my dog for a second to like, hold her away from other people who were passing on the path. And this butterfly like literally landed in front of where we were and just sat there the whole time we sat there, like it was just chilling with us. And so, wow. you know, I, yeah. And I love things like that, you know, that you're able to sort of pick up on things that might be useful, synchronistic signs, for people mm-hmm. to to be able that that are, all, again, like you say, that are already a part of your consciousness, that are already a part of your your higher self or your true self trying to speak yeah. to you and give mm-hmm. you signs and give you information. Um, but yeah, so so how did you come to know that you had this ability or this capacity to read people in this way? I mean, obviously, it's, you know, I think it's something that we all have. We're sort of born with this ability, this intuitiveness and and understanding of our interconnectivity. But we are conditioned out of it as we get older. So can you talk a little bit about your your personal story and how did you come to sort of find that you had this capacity?
1: So my gift um was something I didn't know I had it because I was really small. I'm going back to the age of six. <laughs> so oh. when I was so six from years very old, young, from very young. So when I was six years old, I used to feel a lot of pressure every single morning in my third eye okay every single morning so it was so a memory from childhood is this I would be going to school and you know everybody's looking outside but because I would feel this ticklish feeling all the time and like this pressure between my on my third eye I didn't want to look at anything which would make me feel ticklish so whenever I would see a fence or whenever I would see something with a pokey like, you know, like, um, yeah, angle. Sure. Uh, So, you know, fences outside the house are pokey. So whenever I would look at them, I would feel so ticklish that I would literally close my eyes and go sit in the school bus, close my eyes and go to school. This was every single day.
0: Wow, that is really interesting. I mean, but also that it was a sensation that was consistent and different enough that even as a young child, you were like, Okay, this is weird.
1: Yeah, yeah. I used to tell my mom like I feel so ticklish here every morning. I feel so ticklish here, and she was like, "Okay, that's okay, you know."
0: Just uh, kind of brushed <laughs> it off like, you know, don't know what to do with that. <laughs> she just
1: like I didn't take it seriously. She didn't take it seriously either. She was like, "That's okay." Like she thought I'm just a kid who's, you know, feeling ticklish. Sure. Yeah.
0: Didn't, didn't really <sighs> think much of it or take it very seriously.
1: Yeah, we di- we didn't think much of it. Um but it was i i understood at the time you know when i would be sitting now i understand that when i would be sitting in the school bus as as a 6 year old you know you're kind of sleepy going to school yeah and that is a very good state for your third ch- eye chakra to be active because I can start seeing visions and everything
0: early in the morning. Sure. So, yeah. When you're a bit more sort of relaxed and, and not yeah, quite in an that.
1: alpha state of the mind, yes. Alpha state of the mind, passive, passive attention. You're relaxed. You can daydream looking outside, hearing, you know, hearing what's happening. The school bus is stopping now. Okay. You know, somebody's entering. Okay, cool. Looking at them saying hi, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the time, this ticklish feeling would literally just lead me closing my eyes and going to school. And this happened till the age of 12. And I used to feel very, very ticklish. And but after, you know, I grew up a little bit. So from six to let's say I was eight years old, I started to kind of control this. So I would still feel ticklish. Like I'd still feel so much pressure in my third eye, but I would be able to like take my attention away from it and it wouldn't be able to bother me.
0: So kind of almost learning to sort of turn it off and, you know, to some extent, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or just, no, you know, you didn't really it see off. it that way, just, just that you would not allow it to sort of not a bothersome attention situation.
1: I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I you know, it was a still there. But as I was growing up, I would say I learned how to tackle it. So it wouldn't okay. turn off but you know it would still be there like till the age of 12 but I was able to tackle it and it wouldn't like you know when I was six years old I I was really I literally closed my eyes but I was when I was a little older like 10 11 I still would feel the pressure but I would still go play do things you know talk to my friends I still like you know look out and not let it get to me too much so I was able to kind of tackle it and know how to like deal with it um then comes the main part um which is my intuition and visions so my intuition and visions they started to open up um you know around the age of 12 and 13 i would have very strong intuition um so you know telling my mom like you know, I think grandmom is going to visit us today. This is a normal thing, by the way, a lot of people when they tune in into their intuition, they would start feeling the energies of people before they even come see them.
0: So uh, that's these, very interesting. That's did your yeah. did your mom ever kind of think that it was strange? Did it register to her as being unusual? Or was it still sort of just, you know, you're a kid and you just say these things? You know, was it something that that she recognized it all, or this was kind of something that you were just developing on your own or understanding on your own? She
1: started to have a feeling and an idea because of um, the regular occurrence of these things. She started to feel like, okay, there is something special here, but she didn't know what it's going to develop into. So okay. it wasn't like she would sit me down or talk to me about it but whenever I would talk to her about it she'd go like okay you know um that's good like it's, I was very small you know like this has started since the age of six so th- I was I was a small and I used to like wonder why um I would get visions sometimes um you know I started to get visions around the age of 12 13 it would almost be like a snapshot of what's gonna happen in like two days
0: so kind of almost like a replay of a of a TV scene in your mind or something like that, just sort of seeing something happen, yeah. and then it would happen a little bit later.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I would see like a vision, for example, you know, uh, grandpa's coming or grandma is coming. And let's say they're bringing me something or they're upset. So I would get that vision that they're upset. So I tell my mom, I think they're going to be upset when they come.
0: So oh, I like, was like, okay, oh, great. I have to prepare
1: for that. Okay. <laughs> So my mom was like, okay, I'll talk to them if they're upset, that's fine. Why do you say that? And I was like, because I saw it. I I think it's in my mind. So I would say, I think when I was a small, so I would go like, I think they're going to be upset. I don't, I didn't use the words intuition or vision because I didn't even have that understanding. I would only go like, oh, this is my guess that they're going to be upset. I literally started to take it as a game.
0: And I mean, that's kind of, it's a little bit, I don't know, innocent or nice that you could be playful about it in some ways and that your your mom was um, not discouraging of it, you know, that she would let you say those things and let you express that of yourself. So that's really great that you at least had that environment where you could express that and sort of play with it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was great that um, it was very important for me to like... um, at that age, how does a mind of a kid works, right? It's mostly like it's a game. I'm guessing this. Oh, it worked out. See, I told you this is what's going to happen. So that happened a lot. Me telling my friends, see, I told you, you know, Miss Jerry is not going to take a test today. I told you it's most of that. And so there are, so, you know, we would all bet like what's going to happen. Is she going (laughs) to,
0: are we going to have a test? Are you going to be right? What's going to happen?
1: Yeah. So, no, we would bet like, yeah, exactly. And, you know, sometimes when the teacher is like, you're going to have a pop quiz, we would bet and I'll go like, I think we won't have it. Like, I think she's just
0: thinking to scare us. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I know, I know a little better. She's being tricky. Like,
1: and so everybody would bet like, okay, let's see if we have like, so some of my friends would go like, I think we're going to have like a pop quiz Monday. I go like, I don't think so. And so it was like a game for me as a child. Mm -hmm. I would like play. Um, So as I grew older, I went through a series of challenges, um, between the ages of, especially between the ages of 19 and the ages of 25.
0: I'm okay. 30 now.
1: Yeah. I'm 30 years old now. So when I went through those series of challenges, um, at the age of 25, I honestly felt like it cannot get worse.
0: Yeah. Really. This is kind rock of, bottom, uh, Right. So very sort of dark night of the soul kind of situation for a number of years.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the last hit that I got was around the age of 25. And I remember thinking to myself that there is no way I can survive this unless I have something supernatural helping me because it was just really, really dark. And I felt extremely lonely and betrayed and helpless and just unarmed for the situations. I wasn't ready. So that was a monumental time for me because that is when I completely, um, let go of everything and just started to get in touch with my true self. And I started to, you know, how it started was by feeling gratitude. So in a very (laughs) brave way, I would say, like, um, I was, when I was in the lowest of the lowest moments Mm -hmm. I listened to a book called a secret by Rhonda Byrne
0: yes I am familiar with that yep she's amazing that book and then the film that they did um that's kind of one of the things that got me really going on my journey too and I certainly do understand I've been in those places too where you get sort of so in a low place that it, you finally like, I give up. I don't know how to do this. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know that, you know, my ego brain does not understand the right ways to be operating. And mm-hmm. you do sort of, you get to a point where you say to, you know, you, you recognize that you have an inner self an inner being a higher power, however you want to describe it, that, mm-hmm. you know, there is something else that has mm-hmm. better for me than what I can figure out on my own.
1: Yeah, yeah. So exactly. So when I was listening to her book, she mentioned something that how our thoughts create our reality and our expectations from our life are usually get materialized if they're persistent thoughts. And so I was like, okay, um, so much has happened. The only thing I can do is be grateful. I'm still grateful for being alive. I'm still grateful Mm -hmm. for you know, being loved, I used to feel a lot of loving energy around me, like a lot Um, to the point that I would be sitting in my room and I didn't want to go see my family or I didn't want to meet my friends because I honestly felt so mm, taken care of in privacy. So I used to feel loving energy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of loving energy and I would feel it. And I would say, thank you for being here. I love you.
0: Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, things like whoever's that. helping me. I appreciate you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were be- there was there was this one time I was crying and it was like late at night, I guess, 2 a.m. And I was crying really, really hard. And I'd been crying for a good hour. And then my eyes started to be red and burning. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you cry so much, like your yeah. eyes burn, that's like a limit, I guess. Like that's when your eyes are like, OK,
0: we can't take this. Yeah, we you can't keep do. doing this.
1: Yeah. So it was burning and I and I didn't have uh, you know, I didn't know what to do with my eyes burning. Um, and I go to the washroom and I see that they're red and they're burning, just excessive crying out. Um cause them to do that so I go back to my bed and I and then I and then I pray and then I say can you please fix my eyes like it's hurting me a lot Mm -hmm. and then my eyes were perfectly fine like 30 seconds later amazing they were perfectly fine like the burning sensation was so severe that I got up and I went to the washroom to see like what happened like did I scratch myself Mm -hmm. and it was just red and you know swollen, like I could tell, like you know how when somebody had a good cry and they're kind of swollen in their eyes. So it was like that, and so I go back and I'm like, I was like, I can't do anything right now. It's like two a.m. Like
0: right, so can you nothing I can me. do to fix this. I'm at you know I'm at that point where I just I I have nothing left. I don't know what to do.
1: Yeah, and I had like you know no medicine, nothing. I didn't have like my sisters weren't awake, so I was like, "Can you please fix this?" I was talking. I when I I was talking to the people, you know, to the beings around me or to the higher power. It's like I prayed. I was like, "Can you please fix this?" My eyes are hurting a lot, Mm -hmm. and just shortly after, it completely disappeared, and I fell asleep.
0: That's amazing. I didn't have any pain.
1: I fell asleep like in that estate. I felt so relaxed, and my uh, the burning sensation left, and I just fell asleep. And then I woke up after like a good, you know, I slept. I think around like two thirty four, and I woke up around like ten. So I slept all so the way a, like a good um, solid sleep, seven and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. And then when I woke up, I realized like what happened last night. I thought it was quite, I was like, yay, it was so magical and supportive.
0: Yeah, somebody's out there helping me and it's, you know, okay, you know, maybe I'm not alone in all of this.
1: Yeah, I was like, I already know that I'm surrounded by beings who are loving. um, But this is like really nice because they are prompt and helping me. Um, And that is when I started to get into TM a lot okay so i would start to uh, do tm again remember my third eye was very active as a child yeah so so when i started to do tm so before doing tm i would do focused meditation on my third eye to open it up and i started to do that and i would i started to see things then I would see beings, I would see people's consciousness, what happened with their dad, what
0: happened with their mom. It was... Is this something, so when you say that you see these things, how mm-hmm. h- how is that experience for you? Is this a like mind's eye sort of thing? Does it, do you see things in, you, in your eyesight vision or is this more of a sort of like internal in your mind v- visualization that, that's happening?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think the best way to explain this is that um would be that we have the human eye so there's a human eye and there you know i can see you right now as a human eye but then there's also a spiritual eye and that is connected to the third eye so when i focus spiritually i start to see a lot of things so for example when i was reading you um you know I I was, so first I was talking to you normally like Sarah, and then I started to focus spiritually and I started to get information about like, you know, people and events and stuff. And then we started to have a conversation about that for a good hour. Yeah. So that transition is essentially just focus. So I'm focusing first with my human eye and everything is quite 3D. And as soon as I shift my focus spiritually or clairvoyantly, I start to see a lot of things and i would see the person you know i would see how they're happy what makes them happy i think we talked a lot about how it's you know you're like a happy soul and you're oh yeah so that was a vision that's coming to me through the spiritual eye that i'm seeing you're very happy very chirpy like a butterfly
0: yeah synonymous to
1: the personality
0: right Um and you know it's kind of interesting because when you were doing that with me it was kind of something that made me realize like, you know, I do like talking to people. I do like having conversations about things i am I'm interested in, but mm-hmm. I had sort of like gotten so far into the, the programming of the things that you should do and not necessarily the things I wanted to do that I had started to see myself very much as an introvert, you know, and talking mm-hmm. to you, I was like, no, but I do, I do like talking to people. I do like, you know, learning new things. And I do like having these very interesting conversations So, I mean, that's something interesting, too. Again, the idea of how you do have your true self, you have your highest self, and then you have a lot of layers of this, like, conditioned, learned, like, the ego self, the human self, Mm -hmm. who you've been taught you're supposed to be, and you got to kind of peel those back and and find Mm -hmm. that real you again.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. All of that is so accurate. Um, your true self, um, your soul is essentially, you know, it has a it has a print. So there is a personality to it. Mm -hmm. What makes you lovely, sorry, what makes you lively, what makes you happy. And it makes you lovely
0: too, is you know, when you're lively, you're lovely. lovely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, experiences really start to um put us in a little bit of a in a little bit of a place where we don't want to express that because we don't feel safe to do that. We feel like, oh, if you'll do it, somebody's gonna, you know, say something. I may be my me being in my true self, you know, can like trigger some people. They may behave in such a way to me that I don't like it. So it's better for me
0: to not be in my true self. That is true. That is something that can be very, you know, not everyone is necessarily ready to see you be your true self because they've got their own layers they haven't peeled back and that can make them sort of they can trigger other people to lash out in certain ways that. Make you very true. Make you feel unsafe.
1: 100%. And, you know, the primary reason is that everybody who wants to be in their state of true self, everybody wants to be in their state of true self, by the way. There is no exception. The true self is your happy place. It's the safe place. It's the place where you are truest to your own being. And when we have difficult experiences in life, we shut that down.
0: Yep. Because we believe
1: that we are not deserving of it. We're not worthy of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how can I live like that is a question. Why why would I get all of the things that I desire is another question. When really we should be
0: asking, why not? Why wouldn't I? Of course, my, Mm -hmm. you know, that's actually something I've kind of been telling myself lately. Like, well, of course, the things that I like, my inner being must like you know mm-hmm. it's not like we're in disagreement about mm-hmm. what makes me happy or what i would prefer to experience you mm-hmm. know but again it's it's that ego self that's that's been programmed you know away from that and and you mm-hmm. sort of you you learn not to trust yourself essentially
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah and you know um the while we're on this topic the ego self has desires But those desires are to seek validation from other people, to seek approval, to be liked, to be identified and approved. So whoever we're surrounded with by, you know, by the people, by our family, you know, by partner, by society, the egoistic desires are to get their approval and to have a sense of identity in front of the world. But Mm -hmm. your soul's desires, they don't have that requirement. You don't need any validation for your soul desires.
0: Because the they're already valid. valid. There, you know that you are valid, and there's no need to seek that outside of yourself. You, you just know, well, of course I'm worth, worthy. Of course I'm valid. Of course I'm allowed to be me. And you know, there there is no need for an external validation or external approval from anything else because you have it within yourself.
1: Yeah, and another part of that is that the ego desires, the egoistic desires, uh, always have a void with them. So even if you follow your egoistic desires, you will experience a void. And the void is anxiousness, confusion, confusion, not knowing what to do, not understanding things clearly. And there's just a lot of confusion, not knowing, anxiety, In that void, and also it doesn't seem like there's an answer. So it's like, who do you talk to to feel better about it? Perhaps Mm -hmm. you can have a good conversation with friends, but that is just temporary sensory stimulation where you feel happy, have a few drinks. You know, that's almost like distracting yourself from the void because the void is there for a reason. The void is a blessing. The void in the 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 void associated with the desires of the ego uh, is there to make you realize that you're away from your true self.
0: And, you know, that's a really great perspective to have, because I think that, you know, in a lot of some of the spiritual things that you see, there's a lot of talk about, you know, having to sort of bypass the ego or quiet the ego or what have you. And it's, you know, and that's something I'm kind of coming to realize in my journey, the idea that, no, you have to integrate your ego. Your ego is still a part of you. And so that's a really interesting perspective and a really, um, I think, a helpful perspective to say, no, your ego is a blessing and that void is a blessing. It's a thing that helps you. It's an indicator to some degree, you know, so that you can look at yourself and say, what am I operating out of? What am I operating from? Am I operating from my true self that is always comfortable with where I am? Or am I operating Mm -hmm. out of the ego self that is, you know, concerned about material things? So, yeah,
1: what what you said is absolutely accurate. Um, the ego self is serving a purpose. And it is important to realize that ultimately the goal is to be in the state of your true self, because that is the, that is the place from where you can serve yourself and you can serve the world that you're meant to serve in the highest way possible, in the mm-hmm. best way possible as well. And the void that is over there, it is offering you the contrast. So it offers you the contrast. It lets you know that the void is there for a reason. You, It is time to perhaps look within a step, take a few steps back, and start to get engaged with your true self. Now, the desires of the true self don't have any void. They don't come with any void. right? And they come with fulfillment. And they come with a sense of knowing and a sense of abundance associated with it. And there is a bliss component as well. You know, you feel like you're following your bliss when you're in your state, you when you're in the state of your true self. So this is this is something that I learned, um, you know, through my own journey. And I found it to be so incredibly um helpful. And it awakened me to my own true potential when I realized that, okay, I experienced a void. Now I'm coming within and I don't experience that void anymore. That means Mm -hmm. I'm getting in touch with my true self. I'm allowing my higher self to guide me. So I start to listen to that intuition. I start to listen to that voice in our head, which is showing us the path and follow it with full trust. And sometimes it's scary Mm because you have no practical steps in place. You don't know what it is saying, but you can always ask for more clarity, for more help, and it will guide you. And that path is the most abundant and beautiful path you can be on. It will have some ups and downs for you to learn from and for you to metamorphosize and transform into the version of yourself that is connected to the highest good of everybody, including yourself. And, yeah, that entire journey has is is beautiful. It is, you know, one of the most beautiful journeys any human being can experience to be in touch with their true self and to follow the path of their true self. And as you mentioned, the ego does have a the ego is an indicator. Mm-hmm. The void is a big indicator. It's the contrast that is serving you for your own good. It essentially reminds you that hey, it's time to disengage with everybody else and everything else. Just look within and just follow your own path. Follow right. your own light.
0: You know, and so I wonder if you can maybe talk just a little bit about that um the, the trust element because I know for me personally, I know that's sort of, you know, the challenge that I'm that I'm Working with, I'm not, I'm trying to be mindful about the way that I speak. You know, speak into the world mm-hmm. what you want, speak into the universe what you want to experience, kind of thing. But mm-hmm. in in the element of trust and sort of you know following, it's it's like you know the one of the I, I think it's actually in the secret the film one of the um, metaphors mm-hmm. they use the idea of driving at night with your headlights on. You yeah. only see so much of the road. You don't mm-hmm. see the fullness of the road you have to trust Mm -hmm. that the road is there and continues to go. So can you talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about that element? And, you know, what what you do to sort of assist people in finding that trust and and embodying that trust?
1: Yeah, that is such an incredible question, Haley. So thank you for asking.
0: Well, thank you for being here to answer it, because I know I'm not (laughs) the only one looking for that
1: yeah absolutely it's 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 so fun this is so fun my pleasure um so the trust component yeah so okay here is something that people may not realize but it is key in order to follow your guidance and that is your healing at times we feel that we have completely healed and -hmm. now the messages are coming and we're following it but if you're not able to follow the messages the healing is a still happening. The still, It's a still in process. There's still layers that you need to heal. Okay. And let me give you a scenario. So let's talk about somebody who has started the healing process and they have realized, you know, the conditioning that they had experienced as a child, perhaps some incidents that were difficult for them to navigate through. They have had attachments to those incidents and what they got from those incidents and to the people in those incidents. Now they started their healing process and they started to hear this intuitive voice that followed this path. Mm -hmm. It's going to be difficult for this person to follow if they are still having the old programming, which says you may not be able to achieve it. This is way too risky.
0: How are you going
1: to make yourself proud? Whoa, people might laugh on you.
0: The doubt element. Yeah. The doubt
1: element, the doubt and fear element. So it's still there very much awake. If they're not able to follow their intuition, that means healing is a still due. A transformation is okay. still due, So I would recommend that you engage in transcendental meditation practices, which is essentially the practice where you're accessing your subconscious mind and you reprogram your subconscious mind. You instill beliefs in yourself, which you know are going to help you propel forward. When you have the transformation within Haley, it is so much easier to trust the voice. Right. Because there's no fear. There's a lot of faith. So the fear is now, you know, it's substituted by faith. And there is a strength and power because you're so connected
0: mm-hmm. that you are like, I'll be taken care of one way or the other. It's gonna get figured out. You know, it's, it's interesting this whole out. conversation to me because you know, since the reading, I have been doing more meditation and more um, you know, a lot of the things that we discussed in, in the session mm-hmm. that I had with you. Mm-hmm. And I can feel that I am in a transitional space because Mm -hmm. I notice, I, you know, I'm, I'm being more actively aware of my Mm -hmm. internal, my self-talk, right. The Mm -hmm. internal voice and the things that I say to myself and Mm -hmm. sort of ensuring that I am saying the positive things I am, I'm, asking myself more often you know that question of well would would my inner being be scared of this well of course not my inner being knows that there's no reason to, to be afraid of anything would my yeah. inner being be worried about this well of course not my inner being has access to absolutely everything mm-hmm. and and all the, so much more knowledge than my than my human self has access to of, of course my inner being knows mm-hmm. h- how to get from a to b essentially mm-hmm. so you know it's i i I can feel myself getting closer to that connection on a daily basis. I can feel myself getting into a space where I can say to myself, okay, you know what? I I don't know what the, you know, I don't have the full clarity of the, what the full road looks like,
1: but mm-hmm. I do know
0: it's there. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, you know, I am seeing these little things so far that are kind of falling into place, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In in the synchronistic ways. And Mm -hmm. so it's shifting now. And I think that's the big thing. And I think that's kind of the big thing that you work with Mm -hmm. is, is the energy is shifting from the anxiety and the fear into being a little more excited, being a little more anticipatory, being a little bit Mm -hmm. more interested and intrigued in, okay, well, if, if this, this, and this falls into place, and was able to correct itself because there's been, you know, specific things for me that I've sort of been like, okay, inner me, you go ahead and correct this. I know you've got more capacity to do that than I do and Mm -hmm. things fall into place. And it's sort of becoming, it's kind of like the idea of like dominoes. It's like, okay, what's the next big domino that's going to come? What's the, Mm -hmm. what's the next thing, you know? And so it becomes something more exciting of, Mm -hmm. okay, the more that I get into this place of connectivity with my true self, the more mm-hmm. these these things present themselves to me and mm-hmm. so you know it's becoming yeah. a it's so can you talk yeah. maybe a little bit about that and how you work with people in in that respect and and because it is sort mm-hmm. of like things just kind of become magical mm-hmm. on your own yeah. on their own
1: mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah it is that's that is quite the word magical Mm -hmm. Because there's really, you know, how do you describe things which logically may seem like, okay, wow, how's this working out? You know, right.
0: And your logic brain wants, wants to have a very sort of scientific, Mm -hmm. this is, this is why, Mm -hmm. but there's, you know, that's not how your true self needs. Your true self does not need that.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this process where, you know, talking about your journey, by the way, you're doing really wonderful I was just Thank reading you. While you're talking. I think you're doing really, really wonderful. I, you
0: know what? And I, you are definitely someone who's been helpful and I'm so glad you're here on the show to talk. Cause I, again, I think so many other people find themselves in that place of, you know, you know that there's something else calling you that, that you're, you want to follow, but you're not. And so mm-hmm. I do think it's really wonderful that you have these services and these readings and these things available to help people because mm-hmm. We do need some guidance. Sometimes you Mm -hmm. you don't always necessarily know where to start, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's certainly very helpful that, you know, I really I do it. Like I said, I think the reading that we did in the session I had with you was so helpful. Just even having very simple. okay, this is where you are having some blockages. Mm -hmm. And here are things that you can use to replace, Mm -hmm. again, that programming instead of Mm -hmm. thinking these thoughts, think these Mm -hmm. thoughts and mm-hmm. just that simple having something else to self talk to yourself can yeah. can be so transformative yeah
1: absolutely absolutely so yeah as you were saying that transition right mm-hmm. like how do you transition from the state of fear to having more faith and to be excited and to be in the state of you know anticipating and you mm-hmm. know looking forward to the changes that's happening. So essentially what it starts to happen is that when you are um when you are in the egoistic state, you still have attachments to things, places, and people that have impacted you. Mm-hmm. And the reading of the consciousness is very interesting, you know, because um you know, just going back to your reading without giving any details. Um,
0: oh, you can! I don't care. We can. It's fine. I. Yeah. You know, I'm <laughs> okay. here. I'm here to help people. If 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 people can get something out of my journey that is helpful mm-hmm. to them, I'm perfectly happy to share.
1: Okay, wonderful. So, if you recall, when I was doing your reading. Um, num- your age started to come up like between the ages of 24 to 30. Then this happened at 36. Now you're feeling this way. Yada, yeah.
0: Yada.
1: Your parent was there like fatherly figure. Yeah. Your so which
0: I thought was very interesting because both my dad and-, and grandma are passed on from this, mm-hmm. you know, human physical experience. And I do yeah. talk to them frequently. Um, mm-hmm. And so that f- that for me was just a really nice confirmation You know, they're Mm -hmm. like, okay, I can listen to this. I can trust this, which Mm -hmm. obviously is something that, you know, again, we are all interconnected and and the universe knows the kind of confirmation that that you might need to help you on your Mm -hmm. journey.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. And, you know, those conversations are beautiful guidance messages that we're getting um so yeah just going back to that essentially uh so when i was doing your reading essentially the timeline popped up it was like this is how you were between 24 to 20 to 30 and then i remember there was a transition happening where you're becoming Mm -hmm. more mature and then this is what happened later on yada yada yada. and we we covered those points and we also covered why that was happening why you were all of a sudden you had to like mature be responsible you know Be the grown up Haley, the mature Haley, the responsible. I got to take care of myself. I got to take care of my responsibilities, Haley. So, we spoke about this and what incidents cause you to become that. The reason behind bringing those things to surface in a consciousness reading is so that you are able to then have awareness and release. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, you have awareness and you release. And then there, there are particular events which have. Really big impact on us, which hurt us a lot. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's hard to um always like relive those events because we don't consciously always think about them. Right. But our consciousness thinks about them. If they're if they still hurt us so much, that means that that person, we need to forgive them mm-hmm. in order to clear them out of our consciousness. So there is that practice too remember. I think I gave you the detachment practice.
0: Of yeah. People. Yes. And I, I, again, that's another of the sort of self-talk tools that I have found Mm -hmm. useful. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: so yeah, essentially Haley, just going from that egoistic state where Mm -hmm. you have a lot of attachments and there are a lot of things which are not working for you. um, I want to highlight egoistic state is not a bad state. It is just a state. Yeah. It is simply the state that is not in touch with your true self. That mm-hmm. is when you're not in touch with your true self. So, when you are in the egoistic state, again, that pain, that trauma, that anxiety, that worry, that fear, a lot of fear is there in the egoistic state. Yeah. That is an indication that a lot has to be released from your consciousness. Your consciousness wants to feel free.
0: Right. So, yes. Very it wants much. to feel,
1: yeah, it wants to feel free and it wants to feel unattached to any of that. It just wants to feel happy and blissful. So, what it starts to happen is a transition starts to happen. So from that egoistic, fearful state where you feel stuck and you don't know what to do, you start now going towards, okay, I think I'm getting an understanding of what I need to do. And what has happened in the middle is healing. You understanding what was holding you back, and then mm-hmm. you releasing those events. You understanding what happened at the age of, let's say, 20 had been having such a massive impact on you. Okay, surfacing that, releasing it. Right. So. Healing is the the bridge between your ego self and your true self. Right. And you right now are in a transition period. And, you know, there are layers that you're going to go through one by one. And sometimes people go like, you know, in my very recent, um, I was talking to a client and she mentioned that, can you please tell me everything that I need to do in one session, like from zero <laughs> to
0: hundred. And I you said- can't. You know, you can try to do that, but it's, you know, you can spin out real easy if you try to. And I understand that sentiment. I mean, the impatience and the I just want to be there. I just want to feel good. I just want to let go of Mm -hmm. these things. Mm -hmm. But that that in itself is a thing that you have to work through. You know, the idea of allowing yourself to heal and allowing yourself to be sort of a, you know a work in progress i guess you could say mm-hmm. to some to some yeah. degree
1: 100% that's that's the main thing you allow yourself to be work in progress because your 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 consciousness your consciousness will show the snapshot of what you are experiencing currently it, i can give guidelines the way i gave you that mm-hmm. this is what you need to do in order to get to this place But as you go through that journey, you may experience like, okay, you know, I got I got those things. Now I have a few things. Your consciousness is going to show that when you get to that phase. So that's why meditation is very helpful, because once you start to meditate, you don't even require these readings at that point if you are very connected,
0: right? Because know, the things, we are. you know, the, the sort of realizations kind of come on their own. And that does happen for me a lot. And certainly recently has been happening for me a lot, just kind of the idea of, oh, I was looking at this the wrong way. So for mm-hmm. example, I was sitting outside in my backyard, and I was kind of having some anxiety feelings come up. And I frequently, 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 associate anxiety feelings with money concerns. And Mm -hmm. it popped into my head all of a sudden. What if you're associating that anxiety feeling with the wrong concern? You think it's Mm -hmm. about money. That's not what it's Mm -hmm. about. And in my mind, I went, it's not about money. It's about what the people in my life will think about Mm -hmm. the way that I build my abundance, the way that Mm -hmm. I want to build my abundance does not look the way that they expect it ought to, or that they understand the idea Mm -hmm. of building abundance. That is where my anxiety is coming from. It's not about the abundance itself. Mm -hmm. It's about what other people are thinking of it. And Mm -hmm. again, having to sit there and say, well your inner being isn't concerned about what other people are thinking about what you're doing. Your inner being doesn't mm-hmm. have that that anxiety feeling. So mm-hmm. really it does it's you're peeling back those layers and finding that thing that I thought I was worrying about mm-hmm. it was I I was looking at it a little bit incorrectly that it wasn't I wasn't worried about money necessarily. Mm-hmm. I was worried about okay well if I really start following my path and building abundance from what brings me joy and not from Mm -hmm. what everyone expects you to do, what Mm -hmm. are people going to think? And that was truly where those feelings were coming from. But Mm -hmm. if I hadn't given myself the space to sit in, like like you say, meditation to let that sort of Mm -hmm. message or intuitive, you know, understanding come through, Mm -hmm. I would have continued to just associate it solidly Mm -hmm. with money and Mm -hmm. not understanding that it's not even really money that you're concerned about.
1: Right, right. So, you know, that is a very good example, because that example can cover a few things. So, you know, for listeners, um, when you mentioned that you had that epiphany, mm-hmm. that is the state when you're receiving that guidance from your true self. Right. And that feels like what you're experiencing right now clarity it feels right. like clarity and it's a process with that clarity you are reprogramming yourself so new Haley is being birthed right you know? and that process of the new Haley to emerge is going to be let's say like you know I think in your case I, I remember mentioning to you three months or three to six months I don't know did you write it down <laughs> but I, think I, I, I know I did months. I know
0: what you're talking about yeah so um you know, I think I mentioned yeah,
1: for three months Yeah, for 30 days to be doing the meditation every Mm -hmm. single day, 30 to 45 days. And I remember like saying that, you know, it's going to take about three to six months. And the reason is, is that you can definitely accelerate the process. Sometimes people go like, oh, I want to, be you know, go from point A to point B in like a week. Mm -hmm. But you're also, you know, a living, breathing, spiritual being.
0: Right. Um, You have, you you can't force it. And that is, I think, a a big... um It's a, a, as much as, you know, everyone wants to have that, like that easy, like, give me this guided meditation that just gets me there. And I understand that because I'm not going to pretend that I haven't been that person, but Mm -hmm. it it does become, Mm -hmm. if you just allow that intuitive thought process to happen, it Mm -hmm. like your consciousness wants to accelerate it on its own and And you're sitting there and saying, "No, I got it. like that I want to step on the gas pedal. Like, no, your ego mm-hmm. can't step on the gas pedal. your ego like
1: mm-hmm. um, what you know, what you were saying, like um uh, the speeding up process. Mm-hmm. Um, the true self does not have a concept of speeding up. The true the time is a concept of ego self, right. The true self has a concept of becoming, embodying. So when we're talking about the speeding up process, it's a very human, egoistic way of looking at it. But, you know, just simply look at nature. Yeah. There's nothing sped up. Everything takes its time, the time that is required to create the most beautiful thing. A tree that is, you know, very tall, is big, it allows several birds to make habitat on it, several creatures to eat from it and create from it. That tree is going to take 10 to 60 years to build. Right. on average. And then it will get to the point that it's so flourish that so many animals find their ecosystem in there. So what I'm trying to highlight over here is that the need to want to speed up things. How about you take that attention and put it towards your true self and think about how do I embody my true self? That is a trick which will allow you right. to quickly you know without spending too much time which will allow you to quickly be on the path of your abundance be on the path of your true self which is always abundant and so resourceful so if you if you're thinking about like how many days how many weeks that's not the that's that's a very human way very egoistic way of approaching right. it the timeline um the best way to do it is thinking like how do I embody my ego? Sorry, how do I embody my true self? And you allow those beliefs which don't serve you to be released and you reprogram yourself and you make an intention and you work towards it and you decide within your soul self, you decide within your true self that I'm going to completely embody my true self. Egoistic desires, thoughts and fears are not going to Hold me back. They're Mm -hmm. not going to stop me. They're not going to come in my way. I won't let that happen. Now I'm solely in the state of my true self and start to feel what messages come in. You will be guided towards that because whatever you want is available in your true self. Your true self is so resourceful it is abundant. So whatever you want, if you want to be abundant at this moment, you just say I'm embodying my true self. And I want to be I want to feel the abundance of my true self. It's not going to allow I any love of that the egoistic fears to come through. Yeah,
0: I love that. That is something that I've actually been um, since we talked that I've kind of has uh, also come up for me as sort of a, a again, a self talk. Where when I can sort of sense those old, you know, anxieties or fears or doubts come up, I kind of stop and I ask myself, okay, inner me, my true self, my inner being, what is, how do you feel about this? What is your vibration? And I have been able to feel that and it is, it's very different, different when, when you allow that to kind of express itself and it's, it is something subtle. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's but it is something that builds in strength as you connect more. The idea, you know, and it become it's becoming easier for me to just stop and say, Okay, I know that these are like, you know, it's again the ego self and the fears. Okay, Mm -hmm. inner me and my true self. What does what do you feel like? If I were to feel the way that you feel about where I am, what does that Mm -hmm. feel like? And if you take a pause and you give yourself that time, you do feel a different feeling. And it is. Mm It's sort of so different from what you're used to. You almost it's almost difficult to describe what that feeling is because you're not practiced in that connection and feeling it.
1: That is a great helpful tip, Haley. I am sure like just pausing and asking your inner being Mm -hmm. that what would you be feeling about the situation right now? And if it is right for you, either you will get a sense of calmness and security that you are okay. but if it's not right for you, your attention will be moved towards something that is right for you. So it would want to deviate your focus. Right. So it's very powerful. You know, it is an important part of transition. And you're yeah, as I said, you're doing impeccable. And I'm very happy. Uh, for thank you. Thank
0: you so much. And you know what, <laughs> I really I do. I so appreciate it because, it, again, it's so great. And And this is why I think it is useful that, you know, you offer the services you do and people can come to you because it is as much as you are trying to help and train people to connect to themselves and, and to trust their own intuition, that external guidance is sometimes necessary. And it is helpful mm-hmm. to get that confirmation mm-hmm. from, you know, because ultimately, we are all connected. It's like you mm-hmm. giving me confirmation about these things that feel good and feel like I'm mm-hmm. on a right path is really mm-hmm. my inner self. Mm-hmm. That's how my inner self is talking to me. And that's another thing yeah. that I've been saying, you know. The good things you hear that make you, you know, that's your inner self talking to you. Even your inner self can talk to you through someone else, 100%. and give you the message you need to receive. And yeah. so, I do think it is so. I think it's great that you offer these services that you do, and um, really, you. I think it's great that you're building your um, the people that can help and and having more people. So, can you mm-hmm. uh, let the audience know where can people find you if they want to uh, utilize your services? Um, where do they yes. go?
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. So I have a website called official And if you want to write to me, you can write to me through my email, which is hello at officialsalm.com. I'm going to be passing these things onward to Haley as well. So yes, she I will
0: put these, the links will be in the description. Go yeah, definitely go find Sarah, because if you're on this journey and you feel like you need a little guidance, it is, it's absolutely helpful. It really is. I can tell you Thank for myself. You.
1: Thank you. And you're doing a wonderful job with the podcast. It came up massively in your reading, too, how this community is going to be really nice and fluttering for you. So, yeah, very, this was really great. Thank you so much for having me. This was a wholesome conversation. Really enjoyed it.
0: I love, thank you so much for coming. I would really love to have you back in the future sometime just to, to see how you're developing and how your business is developing and absolutely hear more of the wonderful success stories that I know are coming out of your clients because I, it, again, really very so helpful, just the tools that you can give people and, and the, the little nudges that you can give people to help themselves reprogram. So thank you so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate it. I've really enjoyed this conversation.
1: Thank you. My heart is so warm. Thank you very much for all the lovely oh, words you have said.
0: Thank I you. love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much again to Sarah Hussein from Segway of Mind. If you'd like to contact Sarah or utilize her services, again, I have, as we talked about, used her services and gotten a reading from her that I did find to be very helpful. I do have the links in the description if you want to contact Sarah or visit her website. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Frankie 411 podcast. I do so appreciate all of you listeners. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, and leave a review. If you'd like to support more content and more interviews, you can support my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Abernathy Franklin. That, of course, is the umbrella Patreon that also supports my fictional podcast, The Adventures of Abernathy Franklin, which you can find wherever you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much again, friends, for joining us today. As always, until next time, much love to you, my earthbound and cosmic friends, wherever you are out there. I hope you're doing well.